You are listening to Synergistic Step Parenting Podcast with host Maria Nadipov, helping step parents transform family chaos into meaningful and harmonious co parenting. Hello, step parents, and welcome. I am delighted to have you join me today because. I had the special privilege of interviewing the fabulous Dr. Patricia Papernow, who is the world's leading expert in step parenting and blended family dynamics. Today's episode will be the final part, part three of my interview with her. I'm so excited to have you join me. Without further ado, here we go. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We are here with the Fantastic, Dr. Patricia Papernow. Welcome. We're so excited to have you. Dr. Papernow is an internationally recognized expert on step families. She integrates a deep understanding of the research with four decades of clinical practice and a wide variety of clinical modalities, including psychoeducational, systemic, and trauma informed. The recipient of the award for distinguished contribution to family psychology from the APA Couple and Family Division, Dr. Papernow is the author of one of the classic books in the field, Surviving and Thriving in Step Family Relationships What Works and What Doesn't, and with Karen Bonnell, the Step Family Handbook From Dating to Getting Serious to Forming a Blended Family, as well as dozens of articles and book chapters. Dr. Papernow is a psychologist in private practice in Hudson, Mass and director of the Institute for Step Family Education. We are so excited to speak with you. Clearly, (laughs) without a doubt, you are an expert in this field, and it's such a pleasure to get to pick your brain and have you share your wisdom with us. You could speak a little bit more to, I believe you've mentioned, so there's step families and there's blended families. Same thing. I mean, there are people who say blended families is when both kids, uh, parents, both adults bring kids. A blended family in my world is... Mm -hmm. If one adult brings kids from a previous relationship, that is a step family or a blended family. They are the same thing. That makes a lot of sense. And if you could illuminate what the differences are in step families who continue the struggle or have more of a struggle versus the ones that have success, what what is it that they do? Like, What are the concrete, most important pieces to focus on? to bring about hopefully more success or at least more ease because it could be such a struggle sometimes for all of us. There's just so many priorities and stakeholders and things to juggle. It's complicated. It's It's a complicated family form. Well, I would say, let me think about that. First of all, struggling step families tend to be more blaming of each other or withdrawing. They tend to go in with less realistic picture of what it's going to be. And then they hold on to it tight, straining to blend and upset when, when not blending. So parent is upset. Step parent does not treat my kid the same as she treats her kid. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I love my kid. (laughs) And I just had my, I have seven step grandchildren. I just had my first belly grandchild. My daughter had a, had a baby. Hey, I love my step grandkids. I, my heart flies open to my, my own grandchild. There are plenty of step parents who feel as loving of step grandchildren as they do of grandchildren, but it's pretty normal that stepchildren are just not as in love. 
for lots of reasons. It's not my kid. And the kid may not be happy that I'm here. So the kid runs away. Yeah. And my partner has to turn away to take care of that kid. And that kid does things that I, a step parent, find irritating that are normal for that kid. My daughter loved to stand in front of the TV and uh, TV, I'm sorry, refrigerator and eat. That was quite irritating to my husband. Yeah. I was fine with it. I was a single mom. I'm glad to have her stand in front of the refrigerator and figure out what to eat. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. um, so there are a lot of reasons that um, step parents may just don't open in the same way. And kids don't, really little ones do. So that's the first thing. If you're straining, if you're as a step parent, feel like you're failing mm-hmm. because you don't love your step kid the way that you love your own kid or the way you want to. And if you as a parent feel your partner is just not trying hard enough, that's going to be tougher. Yeah. What do you suggest that they can do? Say they identify, okay, the, the alarm is going off. Yes, you've nailed it. This is what's going on. What can, is there something they can do in that moment? I think just having things normalized can be very helpful. I just saw a couple last year that I hadn't seen for 15 years. Mm-hmm. They came back for uh, just a little help with adult now kids. Now the stepkids are adults. Somebody was getting married and there were some glitches. And she said she was a stepmom. You were so helpful. It was transformative. And I always want to know, well, what did I do? (laughs) What was so helpful? And she said, insiders and outsiders, just know that I am an outsider and that my feeling left out is normal. Yeah. It is not a sign that something is wrong with me. Right. That can be very, very, very helpful. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, as a step parent, you're going to need more comfort from the parent because you're being pushed away all the time. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's like tending to your own needs is what I'm hearing you say, which is so absolutely true. And I think it's true for all of us, really, regardless of the situation, but particularly yeah. in these situations, because the home is usually our safe space. And when we, yes, here and that's well put. Up, and it's not safe for us. It's not that, One thing. that it requires a lot more effort, a lot more yes. like watching your every move and being right. careful, especially in those early stages. And um, yeah, and putting in more effort to really either be mindful of your own actions or your own, you know, what are you bringing to the table? How much tension is there? Like all the and taking breaks, you yeah. know, sometimes that's harder for parents. Parents say, but we're a family. I don't want you to go away when my kids are here. Well, yeah. But when your kids are here, the step parent is an outsider. Right. And first of all, hard for the step parent and kids want time alone with their own parents. Absolutely. So one of the things we haven't talked about yet that it, successful step families do is they do spend time together to begin to make a week, mm-hmm. to begin to do fun things together, yeah. to begin to make some um, rituals and traditions. But yeah. my colleague, Ron Deal, says you do not make a birthday tradition with one birthday. Yeah, absolutely. Five or six. Yeah. Tradition. So step family traditions are brand, brand new. Step families do need to do fun things together. Mm-hmm. However, and step families also need a one-to-one time. Yes. Every time the whole family is together, there's competition. Mm-hmm. Couple is close, the kids feel left out. If the parent is close to the kid, the step parent lives out, uh, feels left out. Um, and 
So the couple needs time without kids. The parent and child need time without step parents or step sids. And the other thing is step parents and step children yes. need some time alone together to do fun, low key, shoulder to shoulder things. Yeah. Because the parent is there, that relationship is so much stronger. It will always trump the step parent, step child relationship. Yeah, you're so right. And, you know, it, it just gives them an opportunity to learn more and develop those bonds of their own unique thing and their own unique either interest or just their own hobby or their own. <laughs> if you're lucky as a step parent, you've got some things that one, one or both, some of your stepkids are interested in that there's not another adult that does. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, a step parent loves to play soccer and neither parent is very athletic. Right. Right. Yeah. Step parent loves to cook. Yeah. Kid can cook with step parent. Now, if mom is also a good cook in the other household, that may be kind of (laughs) right. I want to find something else to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What I'm hearing you say is actually is sort of like the step parent can just have an open mind and, and just choose something that there's, an open window for in a sense. And part of the, it's called affinity building or affinity maintaining. And some kids will be more open than others. Yeah. So one of the things that happens in struggling step families is when step parents are struggling, parents will say, you're not trying hard enough. Mm, yeah. Is, some kids are going to be more open. Mm-hmm. Kids, and especially adolescent girls, the age my daughter was when I met my second husband. Mm-hmm. Lily 13, the worst. I hadn't read that research yet, but I certainly lived it. <laughs> 11, 12, 13, 14 year old girls have a really, really hard time mm-hmm. when a parent recouples. So as a step parent, I say, look around, pick the easiest kid. Yeah. Some one-to-one things. And if you've got a tough kid, see if there's something you're interested in that you could get interested in. Well, she just plays on the computer. I don't know anything about computers. So see if she'll teach you something. Yeah. Grown-ups things. See if she'll teach you something. That's so true. I'm an idiot. I don't know how to do this. (laughs) That's so true. That's absolutely uh, such a wonderful, just getting curious and wanting to know, you know, anything that they would be willing to share essentially. Yeah, that's, that's such a wonderful way in <laughs> to start. And if you can't get in, it's painful. And mm-hmm. you need to go get a hug. Yeah. Parent, it's not because your step parent isn't trying hard enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe this year he needs to soften up a bit. But, mm-hmm. you know, your, your kid is in a loyalty bond with her mother. And mm-hmm. she's not interested in this stepmom. And this stepmom trying will keep trying. But she needs to come to you behind closed doors and get a hugs. Lots of hugs because it's hard. Yeah, that's such a wonderful thing to recognize. And you're so right that just naming these things and knowing that it is common, what I'm almost hearing through our conversation is that the blend in the blended family almost might not happen, right? It's it's so, so challenging. So it's just best to almost put that as it would be nice, but not even making it a goalpost because you're right. It can be so painful every time that things are either feeling like they're getting in the way or it's not moving in that direction. Yeah. If you're straining to blend, actually, one of the things that I say is a better metaphor than blending. Blending is like if you take frozen blueberries and frozen strawberries and you make, um, uh, you know, a drink out of it, Mm -hmm. them together. 
becoming a step family is much more like you have a group of Japanese mm-hmm. and a group of Italians, and you're telling them to live closely together. <laughs> and what does that mean? The Italians are outgoing and a bit of aggressive, and their uh, energy is offensive to the Japanese. The <laughs> yeah. Japanese are more controlled. They tend to avoid conflict. And the Italian says, that looks cold to me. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean about how things are going to unfold over time? One of the things I talk about is learning by goofing. You're going to learn by, you know, stepmother puts colored lights on the tree and stepdaughter bursts into tears and runs upstairs. Mm-hmm. Stepmother could say stepdaughter ruined Christmas, or she could say, gee, that's disappointing. Yeah. What happened? Turns out the kids used to white lights. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and that's one more change. Right. That change is hard for kids. Right. Um, and so once you understand that, what do you do? Maybe half the tree is colored, half is white. You have a white tree and a colored tree. I mean, who knows what you're going to work out? Right. Um, it almost sounds to me as you're describing that for those kinds of things, right? Like certainly around holidays in particular, we want traditions. But even as you mentioned, you know, having, um, I forget what you refer to it in your book, but you have, it's like the, thickening up the thicken, thick, thickening middle ground thicken, the middle ground thank you I was going to say right. it's like the connector the right that's <laughs> the, exactly right that. you got it right so um and I really love that concept and I so agree and in theory it makes such perfect sense so I absolutely love that you talk about it but it almost seems like a great slate a great place to start is just to come clean slate to the child and say hey what would be a really cool brand new tradition or thing that you want to try to incorporate. And that way it's like, there's none of the loyalty, like and, I'm changing it. Kids you're... don't really know what a tradition is. Yeah. Um, I just um, gave a blurb for uh, actually a rather good book about preparing, it's called Preparing to Blend. It's by Ron Deal, uh, who uh, a lot of his books, he's, uh, he's quite Christian and religious. And so some of his, the couple is, is special and, uh, comes first, bleeds through sometimes, but not in this book. And one of the things he said, you know, if you ask a child, do you want a traditional or an untraditional wedding? A child doesn't know what a traditional wedding is, <laughs> right, but right. you could watch YouTube videos yeah. of step family weddings and see what you like and you don't like. Yeah. And you could, and kids often don't know till if this is learning by goofing, you know, know what matters. Um, you know, in my, my first step family, my first husband had two, two kids. Um, we had a child together and then we divorced and I, I'm in my second marriage for 25 years. But in my first marriage, we had our first Christmas. I'm so happy we're having Christmas together. Mm-hmm. Halfway through my stepdaughter bursts into tears and runs upstairs. And <laughs> I knew enough to, you know, I was disappointed, but I knew enough to go after her and She's sobbing and sobbing. Pajamas, pajamas, pajamas. It turns out we're in our pajamas. Oh, no, we weren't in our pajamas. We were dressed. She was upset that Christmas happens in pajamas. Now, we didn't own a pair of pajamas, either of us at the time. Mm -hmm. Christmas happens in pajamas. She couldn't even have said that. Yeah. She saw us dressed fully. Right. So. It's, it's not easy to find language for this stuff, mm-hmm. but you can try something and you can say, let's, let's all talk about what did you like best? Yeah. I love what the deep you, What did you like <laughs> less? 
Yes. What was funnest? What was hardest? Mm -hmm. More of what should we do the same? And let's hear from everybody. We're not going to argue and try to agree. We're just going to hear from everybody. Yeah. That's a really, that helps. Absolutely. Almost like from the onset, be okay with making mistakes, like almost expect things are going to go wrong. And mistakes are hard. Yeah. You know, goofing is hard. You know, my stepdaughter runs upstairs in tears. I'm like, you know, so it's a spike of arousal. Who wants to see that? (laughs) You have to expect a spike of arousal and then. (sighs) Right. Yeah. And you know, things do change over time. I mean, look, um, I I always like to talk about the refrigerator in my house. Mm -hmm. My husband's last name is Goldberg. My, my daughter could go through the entire kitchen, actually, not just the refrigerator and point to foods when we were first together, Papernal, 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 Goldberg, Goldberg, Goldberg. So of course, all the sugar cereals were Goldberg. Mm -hmm. The whole wheat cereals were Papernal. In the refrigerator, Mm -hmm. the whole milk was Goldberg. The mayonnaise was Goldberg. The um, red meat was Goldberg. The entire fruit and vegetable compartments were Papernal. The skim milk was Papernal. The chicken and the fish were Papernal. What else? Low fat mayo, (laughs) yogurt. Okay, that was year one. Mm -hmm. And about year three or four, my husband and I joined Weight Watchers. Red meat has a lot of points. So he started to eat chicken. He would only eat fish fried. He started to drink skim milk. Um, we're now year 25. If you look in our refrigerator, it has actually soy milk we both drink. There is only real mayonnaise. He still will not touch low-fat mayonnaise. It's not even mayonnaise in his world. <laughs> There's chicken. There's a, I eat a little more red meat than I used to. Vegetable drawer, entirely pepper now. He still doesn't touch it. It was actually made to eat his vegetables <laughs> completely. However, he eats a lot of fruit now. So the fruit is both of us. The skim milk is both of us or soy milk. The, I love uh, that visual so much, Dr. Pepper. Now the way that it's incremental change and it can get there and just, we don't have to, you know, maybe some things like you say, uh, we'll never budge on or we'll never agree on and that's okay. And then other things can flow the way. Come slowly. Yeah. You know, if you go back to Japanese and Italian, we're not going to become a family by making everybody eat pasta with chopsticks. That's the backfire. (laughs) How do we find a few things? How do we try out Japanese food? They try out Italian food. How do we, we all like Indian food. I'm just making that up. How do we find a few things we can do together? And how do we make room for us and them in time that we're making a we? Yeah, I love that so much. Really powerful stuff. I really <laughs> loved our conversation. I think there's been so many fantastic and really important nuggets here. And I just know that the audience will have gotten a lot out of it. Oh, I'm where, glad. where can they and us keep up with everything you have going on? Well, the first thing is that the two books are really, there's so much out there. There are tons and tons of blogs and books and Twitter feeds full of advice, but they're mostly one person's experience. And a lot of it is pretty misleading and some of it is quite destructive. So my two books, Surviving and Thriving and Step Family Relationships, and the newer one, the Step Family Handbook, are really evidence-based. The Step Family Handbook... Mm -hmm. um, 
where the, the subtitles from dating to becoming serious to forming a blended family, that starts much earlier and goes step by step. It was written for the public. There's a little less step family in it mm-hmm. and a more of step by step by step. A lot of good ex-spouse stuff in it. Mm-hmm. A little step parent in it. Surviving and thriving in step family relationships is entirely focused on step families. It was for both clinicians and people in step families. Seems to be accessible to anybody, both step family members and clinicians. Person who designed it laid it out beautifully. Yeah, it really is. It's I've read it. Isn't it designed well? So well designed. It's very visually accessible. Yeah, and then it gives you even some literal visuals to reference. But I also love the the multifaceted examples and the real, like it was just such aha moments of like, yes. <laughs> I've been there. I know exactly. I recognize like. this. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's, so, it's so refreshing. And yes, such a weight off of, you know, I would think anybody's shoulders to recognize, oh yeah, this is common. That's me. Okay. I can't tell you, people <laughs> still say, oh, I just read your book. I wish I'd read it earlier. Yeah, absolutely. I have the other thing is some people don't like to read. I have a kid with language-based learning disabilities. So that's made me very sensitive to some people just don't like to read, find reading difficult mm-hmm. uh, website. And you can find it just by Googling my name, Patricia Papper now, but my website is stepfamilyrelationships.com. Mm-hmm. There are radio interviews and videos on it. Perfect. And a lot of people like there's an hour long video that a lot of people have told me they really like, but there are videos of all different lengths. Mm-hmm. The radio interviews are mostly a half hour. You can listen to them in your car. Yeah. Um, listen to yeah. them you know, as you're walking. Um, so that if you don't like to read or you want to t- take something in another way, that's, uh, that's accessible. And also surviving and thriving in step family relationships is an audiobook now. Oh, fantastic. Is it um, through Audible or? Uh, I assume it's through Audible. I haven't tried. It... Okay. <laughs> no, but that's it's available on Amazon. It has to be on Audible, don't you think? I have to go I look. Think so. Yeah. I should go look. <laughs> oh, fantastic. It was such a pleasure speaking to you. And uh, we so appreciate all of your wisdom. And we'll definitely be keeping an eye out on more from you. Well, thank you. And thank you for getting this information out really matters a lot to me for it to be in the hands of people who can use it to make their lives better. Absolutely. Well, it was lovely and we appreciate you. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me for this incredible interview. It was such a true privilege and an honor to speak to Dr. Paper now. She's just so full of wisdom and insights. And I know that I'm coming away with so much from this conversation. And I hope you guys are too. I will see you next week. Until next time, be well. Thanks for tuning into Synergistic Step Parenting Podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform so you don't miss a thing. If you like what you hear and you find the information helpful, please rate us five stars and leave a review letting us know what you like about the show on Apple Podcast. Don't know how? Don't worry. We'll include instructions in the show notes. And if you know of other step parents who can benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. John Swain did our theme music. Thanks, John. Thanks, John.